This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Diggs. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com. Welcome. Delighted to have Philip Rook. Philip Rook is the CEO of the five-time award-winning business Spreadshirt. Um, uh, Spreadshirt is in 19 markets, uh, a customized um, uh, outlet that allows people to create uh, their shirts of, of various uh, different designs and uh, you know for whatever purpose that that may be. But Philip, welcome. Hi, Helen. Great. So um, to, to kind of give the audience a background, I would like to first start. Uh, what was your background, and then how did you lead up to founding Spreadshirt? Okay, um, well, I guess I started a long time ago back in advertising sales for UK national newspapers and the Hearst Corporation, and was one of the first people to be selling um, online advertising in the UK back in 1996. Um from there, I moved in uh, 2000 uh, to e-commerce, where I worked for the UK's largest retailer, Tesco. Um, and since then, I have been working for a number of uh, international companies like SkinStore.com um, and now Spreadshirt, largely helping them with their international expansion um, and mostly helping companies expand or business units expand from being a few million to being um, a few hundred million. Um, so I'm a growth um, accelerator. Philip, what was that light bulb moment? Because I feel like a lot of, uh, especially aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, they say, you know, well, you know, what is that business that can really make a difference in the world, that can really offer the ultimate solution? What was that light bulb moment for you uh, that, that led you to pressure? The great thing in Spreadshirt is it allows anybody to publish their ideas for sale um, on a 150 products and you can create your own um, shop to sell those ideas in using our platform or you can sell those designs in our marketplaces in 19 countries. Um, actually at the time I had raised money in the UK for a similar business working in furnishing. Um, I completely believe in this model of empowering everybody from somebody who has no e-commerce expertise uh, but just has a good idea um, or has a small shop or a small business of themselves to be able to move into global e-commerce and so at the time I was founding my own business uh, in furnishing to allow furnishing manufacturers small ones um, or furnishing retails again small ones um, and designers to create their own e-commerce businesses um, right. and I so saw I Spreadshirt as actually a father moved to Germany to the head office uh, where Spreadshirt was a very small business then doing only about 25 million dollars um, we're now a hundred million dollar business right so I see it was founded in 2002 so when did you come into it I came in in 2009 okay so okay. about halfway 
Okay, okay, very good, very good. And uh, in the U.S., it's a it's a big deal. A lot of people know about it, and a lot of people use the platform uh, to be able to uh, as as a way of on demand printing of you know customized clothing, whether it's for like basketball teams or you know wh wh wherever the case may be, uh, depending on uh, what their purpose is. But uh, another reason why you want because you know being very successful, um, you know, spread your business as it is, and you're the CEO of it. Um, I think out of you know. I think a lot of entrepreneurs is wondering, you know, sometimes they stuck in a rut, you know, so they, they may have a business that's cash flowing and that's somewhat profitable, but it's kind of hard for them to scale or sometimes they do scale, but they, they, they end up kind of backpedaling because uh, they didn't, I guess, do their due diligence or they didn't do proper planning um, to be able to scale properly and efficiently. Um, one thing that you noted in the article was you talked about market research. Research. And you talked about how uh, it is important to do your homework. You actually said if your business is not competitive in your home country, problems will be magnified in uh, all other countries. So, uh, you, so you suggest to start by visiting local retailers and watch consumers. And uh, now, now let's kind of go into that. Let's talk about um, how how Spreadshirt did that. Maybe what were some challenges? You know, dig deeper into that. Okay, so. Even with Spreadshirt being a $100 million business, we cannot afford a lot of expensive research. Um, and we're in a new market. Um, the only way to really find out about your customers and what they're doing is to go and watch them, to go and talk to them, um, and really get out there and have a look. So um, I, in every city I go to, I go and look at what t-shirts are selling, um, what the themes are that people are wearing. Um, I'm watching people up and down the street to see what kind of clothing they wear or what kind of things they have on their phone cases. Um, and I yeah, just have to get in the habit of walking up to people and saying, hey, I like what you've got there. Where did you get it and why did you get it? Uh, the good news is, is it's quite cheap. Uh, the bad news is that occasionally somebody thinks you're chatting them up um, and actually are genuinely interested in their clothing. Um, but it's a, it's a very simple thing to do and you can monitor a lot and learn a lot by watching successful high street retailers, um, in our case, to see what's going on. Interesting. So uh, now, uh, Spurser started in Germany and then it eventually became in the US, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, we, oh, go ahead, please. Um, we started in Germany in 2002, rolled out across most of Europe in... 2004, uh, I think we came to the US in 2006, and we got to Australia and Brazil last year. All right. Now, for most entrepreneurs, they will say, well, you know, it's, 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 it's more or less uh, on-demand on demand, uh, on printing for t-shirts. Um, what would you say for people that think that maybe an idea is so simplistic, it's not worth doing their due diligence, they can just open up shop in a different country? Uh, what would you say in regards to that? It, would you say it's worth that uh, the entrepreneurs still do their due diligence, no matter how simplistic it, um, the idea may be? Um, no, I think they could go ahead. Um, but in nearly every international business I've dealt with, you roll out into another country very quickly. It goes so far, you get some sales, uh, that looks great, and then it stalls. And you'll never know why it stalls unless you go to that country. So um, right now I'm talking to you from the Boston office um, in Massachusetts. 
Um, I have to spend personally two to three months a year in the US. It is my biggest market. And it wasn't until the German head office started listening to our American team and looking and understanding America that we actually became successful here. And the same is true anywhere that you, you can roll out a simplistic idea. Um, but the difference between just being there and having a little bit of incremental sales and truly being successful and being a competitor uh, in the country um, is truly understanding your customer in that market. That's very well put, Philip. I like how you put that. So let's continue. Uh because there's multiple factors uh, when it comes to uh, especially things startups look when expanding their business. Um, let's talk about company culture. Uh, talk about the importance of company culture and maybe give us kind of a preview of the company culture of Sprecher. Company culture or any successful business is based on people and you cannot move fast if you're trying to do everything yourself. You have to get people in to do it for you. Um, so in the end, um, it always falls down to having trusted people um, and having good communication with those trusted people. Now, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, if you don't have people who you can trust, um, you're just going to hit failure. But even the best people in the world and the most trustworthy people in the world cannot be successful if you're not telling, giving them the context and the communication to be successful. Um, and that is, I guess, the backbone of my success throughout all of my career in the end, um, is finding and setting up trusted people. Um, otherwise, the company cannot move forward. Let me now, say this, Philip. What makes your company culture maybe special? Because um, there's there's certain type of company cultures in where um, kind of there's no managers and kind of everyone's on the same level, and they, or they may have like uh, team moderators to kind of make people feel like um, everyone's feedback is just as valuable. Or or some people have traditional model as well, but maybe it may be slightly different. Oh, at least I have put special emphasis on. Um really empowering people. Not, we don't all have to be at the same level, but we have to empower people to do their jobs. And with that means they have to be able to make decisions. Uh, they have to be able to make mistakes. Um, otherwise, they'll never make a decision. And mistakes will happen. Uh, only people who don't make mistakes, or people who don't make mistakes, are people who aren't doing anything. So I've tried to build a culture here where you're empowered to roll part of the business. And that varies from people running factories or running whole countries to even people running relatively small departments or small areas. They have to make the decisions. They are in control of their area. Um, and they have to move it forward. And if they make a mistake, we have to support them in sorting out that mistake. But equally celebrate the mistake as here is an example of somebody moving forward. Otherwise, you find an organization, as it gets bigger, is just scared to move. Um, or all the senior people have to make all the decisions, in which case you need to work seven days a week, 24 hours a, a day. So that is a fundamental uh, in our business. But that's not to say we don't have um, problems and issues. Sometimes make people make big mistakes that um, hurt a little bit. But again... I would rather do 10 things, uh, two or three of which will be amazing, um, one or two of which will be terrible, 
but you can stop the terrible things quite quickly um, and you're getting 10 things done rather than one or two things. That's a good point. It leads me to my next point, uh, Philip. Um, so we talked about trust and we talked about empowerment. Um, how do you hire the right employees and then how do you kind of increase uh, employee retention? What is your strategy? We have uh, a very good HR team, um, one that I'm grateful for every day. They shortlist for us the right candidates and they have taken special effort to understand the personalities of people who will be successful in our business. And as a result, on the whole, we hire the people with the right attitude. And attitude is probably more important than experience half the time to fit in within our culture. Um, our culture is also needs to be one that's fairly unique and needs to be one that's um, very strong on communication because I have people in different time zones, different cities. Uh, so our HR team um, do a very strong onboarding that allows anybody joining our company to get to experience or at least find out what all the different departments are doing. So they're very well informed and they understand the context of what they're doing because it doesn't matter whether you work in customer service or office management or you're a strategic business director, you need to understand how all the parts work. And that is absolutely fundamental to the success of the people we're hiring and making certain we get in the right people. Again, my HR team have vastly improved our reviewing of people when they're new. So we find out very quickly um, whether they are fitting in and being successful. I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC's magazine, best web hosting service. And last of all, I counter academia. Um, theory is good, but when it meets practice, it tends to be very, very different. Um, that the reality is, um, academia tends to know, look at what's known in the market. Um, we and most entrepreneurs are moving forward into the unknown. Um, so it's more important that you've got experience and the kind of people willing to do that I, um, than have I academics. I say, Philip, I really like your, your hiring approach. I really like your criteria because uh, mostly in the States, and I mean, you're in the States right now, uh, usually it kind of goes back to your college, your college degree. You know, it, you know that's kind of the number one criteria for most companies, and that's starting to change. Uh, now, but still, usually that's the that's the uh, utmost important is it, it, it's kind of the opposite of what you said. It's more like uh, academics, experience, and then your attitude. You know, which which actually, which I agree with you, it should be the opposite. You know, attitude is, is, the, is the utmost importance, and a person's experience 
uh, is important too because a person can per, the, a, a person can um, uh, work in the industry for you know f- you know f- you know three to six years you know and may not have a degree but that experience is still relevant it's still uh, it's still very useful um, to the position so uh, you know hopefully I hope that other companies uh, kind of follow suit like yourself and kind of taking that uh, alternative approach because I think that's what makes a difference when it comes to uh, uh, finding the right employees increasing employee retention a person can have a master's degree but if their attitude is awful uh, well they're not going to be a good fit for your company so um, I, I like the way you put that I think I think I've come across um, a pattern so often I meet a lot of people who have got very good MBAs um, but I tend to see it, um, I get two forms of communication. I get people who tell me, well, I will solve this problem for you because I've got an MBA. And they tend to come up with the wrong solutions. And I tend to get other people who look at a problem, solve it by talking to the people around them, finding the, the best solution for that problem. And only afterwards do I find out they've got MBAs and their MBA experience help them look at the wider problem um, you know it is a thought process and a education process which is pretty good but it is the the thinking and the people that actually make stuff happen not the qualification uh, let's move on let's talk about because you said uh, I mean obviously you're in, uh, your headquarters in Germany you're in Boston um, as, as well as you got employees all across the world uh, let's talk about how you manage uh, internal communication because I think that's very important uh, a lot of startups now uh, we're starting to see they're joining forces you know you may have two co-founders you may have two co-founders they may be in two different countries and they may start expanding like that um, talk about uh, how What's your strategic plan when it comes to uh, internal communication, and how do you manage that so everyone feels connected and the ship uh, continues to flow? So we have um, internal processes. We have tickets that move around, reports that move around, but um, they never they're useful because information has to flow. Um, my highest priority is getting people speaking to each other across the world. Um, and for that reason, we hold um, some international strategy days where we bring people into the relevant conversations. Um, we have to physically fly people between the different locations. Um, so in a couple of weeks, one of our product and engineering teams um, who live in Leipzig in South Germany are flying to spend two weeks working in Las Vegas with our Las Vegas factory because they just actually they need to experience what life is like on the other side of the world um, but also the factory needs to experience actually what these guys do for a living so it becomes a very important part is to actually get face-to-face exposure or uh, at the minimum vocal exposure to each other and I force that into people's roles and their descriptions as much as possible but we also have created a informal program and again for my beloved HR team um, they set up a scheme called uh, feel good management and in that we hired um, a feel good manager in both con- continents of North America and Europe which is where a majority of our people are They have a budget to hold events, um, barbecues, sometimes trips, 
Um, sometimes they're just organizing um, an after-work activity, but it encourages the different teams to mix. Um, otherwise, an engineer never meets a salesperson um, or a finance person never meets um, a marketing person. So we actively have a social program that we have built into our business in order to get that communication working right. Talk about the importance of having a contingency plan because I feel like a lot of um, uh, startups, you know, you know, they may bootstrap, you know, if they, especially if they can't find funding or especially, uh, you know, yeah, if there's no other funding available, uh, they're bootstrap and they all feel like, you know, uh, I better get this together because I'm going to run out of money. Um, what would you suggest for a, per, for, a, for a startup to have a strong uh, contingency plan um, that, could, uh, that, could, that could help them to continue on if something goes wrong? The, well, things will go wrong. It's almost guaranteed. And whether it doesn't matter how big you are, things, things will not work to plan. Um, the reality is, it comes down to prioritization. Um, so in a, I've had very small business units up to very large business units. So sometimes you only have 10 people, sometimes you have well, 700 people. Um, it still always comes back to prioritization that in, when you're in trouble, you have to concentrate only on one or two things to get you through that. Or And nearly every company has uh, varying from 10 projects to 100 projects going on. But the reality is when you're in trouble, there's probably only one or two things you need to fix and you really have to concentrate on prioritization. So I've done many jobs, Spreadshirt was originally when I came in, um, where the company is losing money and the company has um, is, is not growing and you have to come in, lose some of the team um, and really get everybody to concentrate on what are the couple of things that are going to get us out of trouble. And so it comes to very strict prioritization um, of looking at what is the normally revenue potential or profit potential versus the effort of doing something. And when you map those two things out, it becomes very clear what are the one or two things you need to concentrate on and stop doing the rest of the things. When you're out of trouble, you can care about doing all of the rest of the things that will make your company happier, healthier. Um, so when Spreadshirt, for example, was not growing and was losing money, we didn't have feel-good management. Um, we didn't have some of the nicer communication things. We had a very clear um, emphasis on if it's not going to drive a lot of revenue growth fast, we're not doing it until we are profitable and we are out of trouble. That's that's great advice, and um, I I think uh, I think that's one problem a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have. They tend to focus on too many things, and not the most important things. And I, I like the way you put that so succinctly. Um, let's let's go into another one, another area, because uh, especially uh, when we're looking at a startup who does not have, uh, you know, let's say uh, a huge reservoir of manpower. Let's say it's only three of them. Sometimes maybe only be two of them. And, uh, you know, sometimes they, try to, sometimes they try to do everything, but that actually may hurt them. Now, would you say it's advisable um, about hiring the services of appropriate professionals? Sometimes startups, what they'll do is, you know, they can't afford accounting, so they'll try to be the accountant. Uh, would you say that's good advice, or would you always recommend that um, an entrepreneur outsource that to a competent professional? 
The okay, so when I did my last startup, my own business, uh, I was the accountant, um, and I was the CEO. And at one stage, I was even the office cleaner for half an hour before every day started. Um, so the honestly, um, it was a mistake I made. Um, that a half hour cleaning the office would have been better spent um, getting the next deal done to get some money and living with a dirty office or hiring somebody to handle that. So, the again, it comes down to prioritization. Um, you have to look at your skills, your knowledge, and applying those in the best way possible and get rid of the cheaper things to do. I found myself chasing bills, payments, um, and simple things, you know, even people having to order coffee, hiring an admin person it, very quickly or, an, or a flexible assistant would be, would, would be extremely good. Um, and the person we hired to come in and clean the office uh, ended up running our customer service division, um, but did a hundred things in between. And even the assistant of our founder at Spreadshirt now runs um, a very large implementation team um, and um, is a de departmental director. But if you hire somebody who's junior, flexible, um, and willing to chase these things down, you liberate your time to the thing that's going to make the company successful and that highest priority. And every minute of your day should go into that. Great. Um, and another thing uh, I think which is the absolute probably most uh, important, uh, especially whether it's you know, a, a person of, of uh, a skill of the size of your business or even something as much smaller as a startup, uh, talk about your secrets that's led you to be a great leader because uh, leadership really kind of kind of uh, delves into other things when it comes to increasing employee retention, uh, when it comes to uh, having more success with your business. What has been your secrets to uh, being a great leader? Um, I think it's my total belief that it, my company is not about necessarily our technology or our business plan, but it's about the people. Um, and motivating those people, empowering those people, and helping those people when they hit problems, um, get through those problems, um, is the three things that um, I wake up every morning and think, how can I do that better? And it's the three things that get us um, to being successful. Great. Philip, if people want to follow you, um, how would they get in contact with you? Um, well, I, I am on Twitter, um, and people can see uh, some things there that I'm posting very regularly. Um, to be honest, uh, I don't do a great deal of social media or blogs uh, because it's not a high priority for my team. Um, I put my efforts into other things. So probably the best way to see the things that I am circulating is through Interesting, Twitter. very interesting because I actually know companies like that uh, who don't actually put little to no emphasis on social media but they still are very successful. Uh, very, very interesting and it just kind of just shows how uh, you know, success can be achieved through any different routes. Everything's not all about social media, and uh, you even exemplify that. So, very, very, very interesting insight, and perhaps uh, that could uh, be of some good use to the, uh, to the listeners. Philip, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author.
and career strategist at Seen and Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.